Hello and welcome to the Brotherhood Without Manners podcast. Uh, it's me, Ryan McBride. I'm bringing you all the juice from the long night, as Grey Area would call it. And uh, I'm just going to bring you some news about Game of Thrones, some theories, maybe some tinfoil, definitely, until um, Game of Thrones comes back in 2019. Anyway, yeah, I'm having some... I, I was just looking through some some different videos, some different YouTubers had some interesting theories. I might just present them out here today. Like, first one, does Rob Stark die twice? That's an interesting one. You can already imagine how that would work. Other ones I have, uh, did Tyrion offer Cersei something in Season 7, the latest, uh, the latest season? Uh, if you haven't seen it, obviously, we're going to be talking about stuff that's up to date in Game of Thrones, so if you haven't obviously got an update in Game of Thrones don't listen to this podcast um, and I have another one at Stannis a really 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 tinfoily Stannis theory which I'm kind of fascinated by at the same time I know it can't be true but I also love it so much so uh, so that's going to come up uh, later on in the show and, uh, and then I'm going to come up with some question well a question later from uh, from a listener and um, some hot takes because I've been I've been rewatching I've been rewatching Game of Thrones because I was very interested about some people that weren't really fleshed out earlier on and they were given some grand entrances. Uh, one of them being Kinvara, and uh, another one being another one of the the Red Priestesses in Volantis. But just what made me really interested in this whole thing is that Melisandre now is going back to Volantis or or wherever she came from uh, as she spoke to uh, Varys on top of Dragonstone about uh, because you know, obviously Davos doesn't want her there and there's something to be gained by going out there I think and maybe she has some strings to tie up maybe she has some forces to bring now the reason I say forces to bring is that it's the whole the whole time We've been watching Game of Thrones any well a couple of times now. We've we've been in in Essos in different cities like Marine and Volantis, and we've had this this little growing references to the the red the I don't know the red god Relor, all that shit and how the faith is out there and and the times I've noted for this podcast which I'm going to tell you about. They've all been given a message that might cause some serious eruptions in season eight, and uh, yeah, I'm just going to tell you about those now. So Melisandre, now she's been proven wrong about Stannis, and she's putting all her money on John, uh, being the the prince that was promised. And to be honest, she could be on the money, but this news could come at odds to what has been preached out there before for the last couple of years because Kinvara the other uh, red priestess uh, she has been preaching for Daenerys as the the prince that was promised and Masande referenced this when she said well it's prince or princess that was promised and I think that just means she wasn't deaf to what people were saying out in uh, and Marine when she when she was there, um, I just thought that was very interesting, and I just went back and watched the scene, 
um, where she was talking to Tyrion, and uh, this is what she said about um, about Daenerys when she was when she was preaching her up. I came to help. Daenerys Stormborn is the one who was promised. From the fire, she was reborn to remake the world. Yes. She has freed the slaves from their chains and crucified the masters for their sins. She did, indeed. Her dragons are fire-made flesh. A gift from the Lord of Light. But you heard all of this before, haven't you? On the long bridge of Volantis. The dragons will purify non-believers by the thousands. Burning their sins and flesh away. Ideally, we'd avoid purifying too many non-believers. The Mother of Dragons has followers of many different faiths. You want your queen to be worshipped and obeyed. And while she's gone, you want her advisors to be worshipped and obeyed. I'd settle for obeyed. I will summon my most eloquent priests. They will spread the word. Daenerys has been sent to lead the people against the darkness. In this war... And in the great war still to come. And she and Convara Convara said that right out there she spread the word and she even referenced when Varys and Tyrion were there on the long bridge in Volantis, which is interesting because um Tyrion made eye contact with the, the Asian looking red priestess that was that was talking in the Valyrian to uh, to the followers around her, so I thought that was I thought that was really interesting. Uh, and I didn't pick up on it the first time either because the, the she just said the long bridge she didn't say Volantis, um, and also Kinvara really hasn't been utilized that much since. She wouldn't get a big court appearance for nothing, and I feel like Varys's exchange was very dramatic. It revealed a lot about his past, but I feel like that was a big moment to conceal an even bigger moment. Because right there and then, you know, it was big. It's a saying, I know who chopped off your bits and I know who threw them into the fire and I know that they said something to you and I know why you really hate my religion. And that was grand and that was huge and that was what everyone was talking about. But before that, you know, she was talking about something else and this is what she said. Isn't that the whole point of being a fanatic? You're always right. Everything is the Lord's will. Everything is the Lord's will. But men and women make mistakes. Even honest servants of the Lord. And you, an honest servant of the Lord? Why should I trust you to know any more than the priestess who counseled Stannis? My friend has a healthy skepticism of religion. But we are all loyal supporters of the Queen. Everyone is what they are and where they are for a reason. Terrible things happen for a reason. Take what happened to you, Lord Varys, when you were a child. And then she goes on to describe uh, what happened to Varys. I am fascinated by that as well, because she says everyone is what they are and where they are for a reason. I feel like she's talking about herself, not just Varys. She's, she could be saying, Varys, you're in a position of power and you're a eunuch for a reason. And terrible things happened to you, but you grew from it. But also, I feel like she's talking about herself. I'm here talking to you, 
says Kinvara. And I am a red priestess talking to you for a reason. And terrible things happen for a reason. And she was obviously talking about burning lots of sinners, she says, but they could be, by the law, innocent people and non-believers as they're only not believing in her God is like their only sin. So that could be her terrible thing. So the fact that she's firstly pitching all her bets on Daenerys and also saying, you know, burn all these non-believers and heathens that could come back to bite her. But also she looks like a determined character who won't be turned. And the fact she got this huge intro just to sum it up, she is not finished yet. Anyway, just another thing I noticed uh, about this was when uh, she went to Volantis. Um, there was an Asian. There was an Asian looking. Um, <laughs> that's so racist. I don't even know if Leandro was here. He'd kill me. No, he'd try. He'd no. He'd tell me off, and then he'd grunt to himself, and then um, he'd he'd go and say something about white people <laughs> uh, but it's fair game anyway uh, there was also an Asian looking one with a teardrop tattoo in her face and that just basically signals that she was a prostitute in a former life uh, well not in a former life but it just signals she's a prostitute that's what they do with all the slaves that are prostitutes out there in Volantis because they have a huge slave trade but um, yeah she was she was preaching to this crowd just as Tyrion and Varys were going to her brother this was just after uh, Varys spirited Tyrion away um, after he lost the the court case and uh, they were just about to go and visit Daenerys Um, but this was just before uh, Jorah Mormont kidnapped him and inadvertently brought him straight to Daenerys anyway well not straight to maybe threw a couple of hoops on the way like when they got kidnapped by slavers but anyway she said the Asian looking uh, red priestess says I was once as you are scourged and branded and basically saying Daenerys is hot as shit and this suggests she was trying to get them to back Danny up and this was a couple of seasons before Kinvara um, came into the court and Marine talking to Tyrion and Varys and this suggests obviously that this is a long thing in the planning this is going on for an awfully long time and they're talking about the wars to come and also before that yeah the canvaro was talking about the wars to come so already and this is in season six and volantis the scene of volantis with the asian looking one with the teardrop tattoo this is in season five so it's very early that they're setting up these they're like the these um these references to the war that's now uh, started i guess because the wall's down and these people were aware of it these people are more prepared for it and melisandra now is going out to meet these people so i don't think there's any way that the people from Marine or Volantis um, that are under Kinvara's spell, <laughs> not Kinvara's spell, but you know, following uh, the the Red God Relore, are not going to go to Westeros to try and make a difference to the Great War to come. 
or against the Night King and etc. I mean, at the time it just seemed so distant and far away and like it was never going to happen, but now all the pieces have been set in place. But we've spent so much time elsewhere that we've kind of forgotten, well, I've kind of forgotten about all of this stuff and then Melisandre's going to head out there. She said her part was done, but maybe she was just going out there to start off or to let someone know that their part is about to begin. And she says she has to die in Westeros, so will she be a warrior priestess? I think she will. Um, and she's ready to die anyway. Um, or so she says. Uh, but anyway, hot take on this, on uh, Volantis scene with the, with the Asian-looking one with the teardrop tattoo. I got so excited... I got so very excited when I was rewatching this because I didn't really remember any of the whole Vladis slave um, culture or any of that because just, I'm just rewatching the scene just to just to double check some stuff. But in the next scene, where Tyrion talks to this prostitute who also has a teardrop tattoo, I was like, "What? What? How did I miss this the first time? It's so obvious. It's like the next scene." And then I looked it up. And it turned out just to be a thing they do to the slaves. But then I thought as well, you know what? I thought it was a bit of an obvious person for Tyrion to talk to because she was complaining about being like second to all these other girls out there. And he was like, oh, no, 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 I... I pick you above the mini dame and all this shit but um I, I say his obvious choice because Tyrion likes to adopt broken things and she's you know she's a prostitute but she's like less successful than all the rest and likes to make people feel good about themselves and um yeah that's that's what he's doing but also the the priestess that spotted him on the bridge had also a a teardrop tattoo so going to a brother was like not and he like and when she spotted him Tyrion ran away and he didn't really it didn't really make much sense to run away and go to the place where she knows all of the people so um I feel like something might have been planned there I don't think Varys would have been involved if he was then I think it would be quite surprising but I also think it would be very interesting uh, that he worked with these people he hates, but I, again, I seriously doubt that. Um, but Varys like to have a good eye on him anyway the whole time. Obviously, not good an eye, not that good an eye on him because Jorah stole him, spirited him away. Uh, but I just, I just think it would be very interesting to see what would have happened had um, Tyrion not gotten kidnapped uh, by Jorah, who. Now he's cured of all his ailments, so that's very nice for him. Um, but anyway, that's it. Oh, another thing about Valantis that uh, that that could. Um, this is again. This is just really out there. Me speculating wildly, but Rob's wife uh, was Talisa Megar, and she was from Valantis before she relocated to the Westerlands, and now Talisa's move to Westeros out of Volantis Talisa the Volantis or Volantian is that the word well the person from Volantis who met up with one of the Starks and eventually you know ended up marrying him caused Rob's death 
well caused the chain of events that led to Rob's death. I think it's Rob's own fault that he uh, that he died. Um, but as again, it's interesting that uh, Volantis had such a huge involvement in that war in Westeros, and no one really thought about it. Well, maybe some of some of you out there probably did think about it. If you had, and if you have other thoughts on it, you can tweet us at Brotherhood Pod on Twitter. You can uh, find us on Facebook and let us know there whatever you think. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I just, do you think there's some sort of connection between Rob Stark's death and the Red Priestess Faith, or some political power, or some? I don't know, army, some someone pulling strings in Volantis. Do you think that led to Rob's death? I think it's not out of, the, out of the realms of possibility because Melisandre was already, you know, working her magic with Stannis at the time. And, you know, Melisandre having Rob out of the way would have been, you know, kind of ideal for her, wouldn't it? But, you know, who knows? Well, actually, it wouldn't have been ideal because it would have split. Uh, like the forces were split in at that time. Anyway, I'm not going to get into specifics about this. Um, I heard another uh, tin foily as fuck theory. Uh, during during the week, it's about Stannis Baratheon and that he is still alive. <laughs> I, I I just I. And when I read this, I got I got excited, but also simultaneously I was just I just knew it could not be real for any fucking reason at all because you know bringing back Stannis now would just piss off too many people, and who really is dead now at this stage? Um, but anyway, yeah. But the evidence that Stannis is alive, which you know it kind of adds up a little bit. Um, it was Brienne's reaction after Stannis says to go on, do your duty, and she kind of hesitated, she had some sympathy on her face, and uh, then it doesn't really show him die. Um, another bit of evidence it showed was that Roos and Ramsay Bolton are like, what man killed him? And Brian tells Melisandre and Davos that she executed him uh, a season later, and why would they bring him up? Because it's a bit weird. I don't know, because no one's really thinking about him now. But, I don't know, maybe it was just to say, like, oh, look how far things have moved on. Or maybe it's just like, oh, well, I'm a woman and I killed him, but who knows. And anyway, um, this theory argues that there was, this is a whole thing was a ploy to make us forget him or to make us think he's definitely dead now at this stage. So it would be an earthquake moment when he does come back into the fold. Um, now this tinfoil theory thinks that Stannis is going to come back as the leader of the Golden Company in the next season, which I I don't see him working for Cersei, the woman that you know one part of the forces that ended up you know defeating him in the first place. Um, I don't know. I guess he'll have lost all um, pride in himself and his family and his name and stuff now because he'll be fighting for coin. But even if it was for coin, I don't see him fighting for Cersei on any occasion at all anyway um, 
yeah, here's the quote that they used in the the video. It was on a YouTube video I, I saw this theory. Why would it be necessary to include another scene about Stannis' death since they already had one with Roos and Ramsay? Something is not in place with this. This seems to me like the purpose of making the audience forget Stannis is to obtain an earthquake effect for season 8 when they'll bring him back with this humongous hype. Mm, who knows? Stannis' Stannis' detailed scenes and complex dialogues, he said, can't all mean nothing. And I really I'm really in that camp too. I mean I feel like they just kind of get rid of him unceremoniously really. I mean all of this stuff I guess that's the point though, all of this focus was put on him for a little while and then he was just cut off dead. But they've done this with so many other characters. Like they did this. This is this is season one. This is Ned Stark. This is season, whatever season Rob Stark did, and this is what they do. And I don't really think that's much of a shock that they just cut him off. Um, but even though there is all this foreplay from Melisandre, as she said at the end of season three, the true war lies to the north. Death marches on the wall, and only you can stop him. And the person who made this theory argued that she was right about the Night King, etc. How could she be wrong about him? She said you, specifically. So, um, again, there's a lot of a lot of um, stuff here about the, the Melisandre um, prediction. She was wrong once. She could be wrong twice if Convara is right. And, uh, I don't know. It would just be really ironic if Melisandre happened to be right about Stannis the whole time if he came back into it <laughs> as a member of the Golden Company and rejoined the forces against the Night King. Um, I don't know. It would have just. Oh yeah, and then da- there was another. There was another point. This Davos said uh, to the Iron Bank. Um, well, he he basically he basically made the case to the Iron Bank and it doesn't really follow it up Tycho looked tempted we don't have really had any fallout of that um, and Davos was the one pushing for the Golden Company the whole time and I suppose Stannis would be like oh, well if I'd listened to him I mightn't have been in such a bad situation because I wouldn't have killed my daughters and my wife wouldn't have died and all of this stuff so I don't know and then also in the books the Golden Company had taken Storm's End by the by at the, by the time that they are at, and Stannis is still you know still going. So who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, the points against it. Uh, this is what they did time and time again. Rob, Ned, Catelyn, Stark—they were all killed without any you know, grace. Uh, another point: Would they put a child murderer on the throne? I don't think so. It's not likely. Uh, there's so much hate for Stannis, as much love as there is for him. Stannis the Manus, Stannis the Menace, whatever. Um, and also, the, about Brienne hesitating, there was a line missing from the show that would explain Brienne's pause. Uh, I can't quite remember what the line was. Oh yeah, he was like, if you see... Uh, he basically said, if you see my daughter in the next life can you say sorry to her and then he just I don't, I don't think he quite finished that line but it would have um, gotten a sympathetic reaction from Brienne in the end um, Ramsay and Roos talking about 
um, who killed him. That was about basically illustrating that it was a woman that killed him because they used the word man to illustrate that you know brain was a woman and no one would have thought a woman would have done it. Um, and also, where does it stop? I mean, who if 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 he comes back, will Sergio Farrell come back? Will the Blackfish come back? How many off death? off-screen deaths have we had I mean but then again will we get one next season who knows um or you know it could be Jacques and Hagar with uh with a mask on well, wouldn't that be just the a uh, very strange occasion <laughs> but also it would erase all of Melisandre's character development because who she is now is based on you know she's not sure about anything anymore and she got it wrong and she feels regret for killing all those people for nothing. And um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people like her more than they did before. And rightly so. And yeah, he was already badly injured. That was another point. He was already sitting there dying. Um, so he would have died anyway. But then again, as the Hound proves, uh, that's just not worth even sitting on <laughs> yeah he's another character that came back from the dead so you know you know um on to another theory uh talking thrones uh youtube channel you can follow him on twitter as well he puts up some excellent theories um he put up a great one during the week he said did Tyrion offer cersei something and this was referencing whenever Tyrion went to meet with Cersei at the in the Dragon Pits or after the Dragon Pit meeting in season seven, and Cersei changed her mind about going to help. Um. Um, going to help with with the war in the north, but she didn't really change her mind. Um, but Tyrion might have known that she would have double crossed him. Anyway, basically, Tyrion made Cersei say she was going to help him. And that was interesting. What would he have done? Well, Talking Thrones thinks that uh, Tyrion offered safety to Cersei's child, and he assumed that she would do just about anything for her kids. But that was a lie, and he wasn't going to do it because he knows that Daenerys. Uh, oh well, okay. Basically, 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 he Talking Thrones thinks that. Um, he offered Cersei her Cersei's child marriage with John and Daenerys's child, but he didn't tell Cersei that Daenerys is barren, as far as everyone knows, and that explains why Tyrion had the funny look on the boat because him and uh, because Daenerys and John are doing it in the room. And Tyrion's like, "Oh fuck, the shit's gonna hit the fan," because I had just promised this woman that. Um, their baby could marry their baby and um, if there's a baby to bargain with then I could have to pay up and Lannisters always pay their debts and wouldn't it be just the ironic thing if Tyrion's favourite phrase ever came back to bite him in the ass in the last season um, but who knows lost the talk of children as well leading up to that and the conversation cut off just when Tyrion mentioned that um, she's pregnant and then it went on to uh, John and Danny saying oh well I can't have children oh did you ever think that you might have had an unreliable source so there's lots to lots to debate there um, I, to be honest I don't know what to think 
and John's definitely gotten her pregnant. Like, there's no doubt about that. That's 100% clear-cut, definite sperm into egg conception right there. Um, but anyway, enough with my uh, pig biology. Uh, Sarah Hunt's reviews. That's another face, not Facebook, YouTube. Um, Game of Thrones video maker had a theory about Arya. Uh, basically that Nymeria is a leader and that Arya could in return, not in return, in response basically Arya uh, could become a leader too because the wolves represent the the Starks and all this stuff and Nymeria is the only proper direwolf left so um, who knows and wouldn't it be great to see Nymeria back again next season, it would be superb and Ghost, whatever happened to Ghost He's just, I don't know, he's ghosting us right now. God, it's terrible. Like my jokes. Um, Alt Shift X, whose name I absolutely butchered in the last episode, uh, he put up the theory, does Rob Stark die twice? And I was thinking of this before as well. Um, I was going to be trying to take credit. No, uh, I was just thinking, oh, well, what if it did happen? And he kind of laid it out there in a way that was like, oh, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, so basically he says that the Red Wedding, Rob Stark dies. Uh, he gets stabbed, whatever, or shot with an arrow. I can't actually remember how he died. But anyway, it was a uh, basically straight after that, the camera cuts to grey wind. And yeah, then he dies because he gets stabbed by all these people outside because he's in a little hut by himself. And basically, uh, in the books, uh, the Starks can warg into the wolves a lot more than they can in the shows. Uh, and the shows is just uh, Bran that does it. And if Rob wargs Grey Wind, he would have made eye contact with Arya one last time. And he would have seen that his sister was alive one last time. He would have known. Would that have made him rest easier? Or would that have made him sad because she looked so panicked? Because he knew what was happening in there. It's really... That's really interesting, I think. And it's kind of sad, but it also makes me kind of happy to know that Rob could have known that his sister is okay. And uh, his last thought might have been a, a happy one or a relieved one of some sort, even though all of this other shit hit the fan. He thought it, you know would have been able to think at least. But anyway, um, there's another I don't know addition at the end of it that says that Rob could still be alive in someone else's body because if he robbed Grey Wind and he made and he warged someone else there, I think it was Reynold Westerling. He said then Rob could still be alive in Reynold Westerling's body. Uh, but I think there's enough Starks resurrected, as is in the books anyway. And uh, Well, yeah, there's Lady Stoneheart. And then in the show, there's Jon Snow, who's kind of only half Stark anyway, but still. But also, isn't it mad that in the book, Stannis is alive and Jon Snow is dead? Uh, just before I talk about anything else, I'm purposely not looking at any Game of Thrones end theories, because... I said last week I've been caught out before by people presenting uh, spoilers, leaks as theories, and um, I'm just not going to let myself be susceptible to that anymore. You can send me some if you like, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to read them. Well, I might read them. I probably will read them, in fairness. Uh, anyway, on to questions. I got one question this week, which is nice. Nice to be, uh, nice to be loved. 
and it came in from Kevin Kelly, who uh, actually, Kevin was, he came along to a lot of the live shows we had um, in the Bowery in Rathmines. He, he actually sent in a voice memo, so I'm just going to, I actually haven't listened to this yet, so I'm going to have a listen to it now. Hello, Brotherhood. Um, my name is Kevin Kelly, first time listener, first time caller. I'm just uh, curious to get your take on the fact that the two creators of the Game of Thrones TV show are now going to be making a whole new Star Wars trilogy outside of the main Skywalker saga and outside of Ryan Johnson's new trilogy as well. So it's a whole new world. Do you think, uh, you know, they're they're finally going to adapt the Old Republic storyline as all of uh, Star Wars fans know so well and um, it'd be really cool to see it on the big screen so love the show and uh, thanks for finally talking about Star Wars yeah uh, David Benioff and uh, D.B. Weiss will write and produce a new series of Star Wars films after they wrap up Game of Thrones and I mean that's great and everything for fans of Star Wars who will have a set of you know <sighs> a set of directors or writers who can or creators basically who can transfer something that fans loved into onto TV and I suppose if if uh, they do do the old republic like there is already a good solid backbone there for them to follow I mean basically you know there is so much Star Wars lore out there that people don't uh you know, the casual Star Wars fans wouldn't know about the hardcore fans. Star Wars would love to see properly made on television, or not even television on 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 films. Um, but also, uh, still away from that. I mean, it would be great if they do that. And I, I mean, to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of Star Wars in the world, but. I think if they do cover something like the Old Republic, if they are going to do this well, they have to leave behind everything else. And by everything else, I mean Confederate, uh, the supposed follow-up project to Game of Thrones and production was supposed to begin following the final season of Game of Thrones. Now, I don't mean to, to, to segue away from Star Wars here, but um, people who are really looking forward to Confederate are going to be so pissed off at this. Because now he, they're making Confederate in space if they are doing the Old Republic, um, or or Star Wars of any kind, it's just uh, is this. I can understand totally why they went for this because of course you're going to make Star Wars if you're offered it, and uh, they're going to make, it's going to be made anyway no matter what. So you don't want the regret of missing out on it. And you're going to remember Star Wars more than you're going to remember a series about fucking American Civil War. And uh, if it's going to be independent of the rest of it, of the Star Wars, it takes off so much pressure for them. I know, Kevin, personally, actually, I know know you're a big fan of um, all things Star Wars. You've read a lot of the books. You've read... You've played the games. You've... uh, read the comics you've watched the cartoon you've done all that shit um but there's definitely there's definitely a lot for them to potentially cover but I think you might be on the money of course you're you're a huge fan of Star Wars that's probably what they're going to show as much as um as much as people love how Dana Dave did 
Game of Thrones in a different... Uh, well, keeping most of the tenets, central tenets, similar to A Song of Ice and Fire, a lot of people are unhappy about how much they left out. And I was talking to this similar subject, sorry. I was talking about a similar subject to uh, to this with a fan of Star Wars, actually, and they were just talking about how much they left out already in, in Rogue One and and all these other films about battles they left out and stuff and he was just like it felt like they were rewriting his childhood they're they're re-recording his memories or, or recording over his memories rather and I think that's also a concern when it comes to Star Wars because I mean proper fans are gonna have this idea of what happens in their head and it's all gonna be set down kind of there's this couple of main events and you know down do they might just you know snip away something here snip away something there they could do a lady stone heart on it and just totally emit some huge storylines like a young griff this is all getting lost and over your head because you don't actually like game of thrones kevin everyone don't barrage him with abuse online you probably want there's no one listening to this to barrage anyone with abuse for but i feel like yeah you should take this as a totally new project like nothing you've seen before if there is something made about the old republic before like the video game i would not promise myself i'm going to see this on screen you should just be like listen this has to be converted into films and i have to accept some certain losses here and there to um just to make it a workable thing on on screen um obviously budgetary requirements aren't going to be a concern because it's disney making it and star wars you know it's not going to have any budgetary worries and even if it did look a little shit it's star wars you're not going to care that's what the appeal of all the old ones is and people would just be like oh it's retro it's retro it's fine but yeah i would be like i would just be i wouldn't hate myself too much about seeing stuff I really want to see unless it's one of the really really main things um, with the Old Republic for example I, I, to be honest with you I don't know much about the Old Republic but I'm just hoping some of this feedback can help you along the way <laughs> and um, thanks for your question Kevin and if anyone else wants to send in their question you can send me a voice memo at bannersmanners at gmail.com it's a really funky email address it's a terrible email address but brotherhoodmanners at gmail.com was too long now fuck you google yeah that's right I'm gonna send myself down the google listings for the day but yeah if, if you have any thoughts about that do you think that they're gonna make the old republic do you think they should do you think they should make something else the clone wars in a live action people version they do think they should make um i don't know something else let us know brotherhood at brotherhood pod on twitter and yeah that's that's uh that was kevin <laughs> but um yeah that's that's what i've got for this week uh we've run up to quite a long time this time as well so 
compared to the usual 20 minutes with we entered this podcast with before the season seven of game of thrones when we went through everyone one by one i think we're doing we're doing pretty well considering that we've got no content to work off <laughs> and i'm not actually going through this with a focus of one character per episode and it's kind of flailing left and right and pointing out some theories that they heard here and there and uh yeah, I feel like it's 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 going okay. But yeah, you can follow us on Twitter, Brotherhood Pod. I put up gifts and memes and stuff occasionally. Sometimes I ask questions. Sometimes people answer me. Very rarely though. Um, but you know, if you, if you want to ask me some questions about the show, if you want to send in some voice recordings, if you want to. If you want to make a meme or something and you want to get it shared to a few hundred people, that's fine too. Uh, go ahead. If you want to hear me talk about a different TV show, that's fine too. I'm watching Vikings. I'm enjoying Vikings. I still have to start season two of Vikings, even though I say this every fucking time. But maybe I'll get around to it. Who knows? Maybe you'll I'll be pushed into it by someone. Who knows? But that's it. Um, yeah, thanks very much for listening to the show and I'll talk to you again maybe next week, maybe not I'll just see how this one goes goodbye